0: Love Talk Radio. Are you ready to awaken to the truth of your soul? Welcome to today's episode of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show with your host, Nadia Khalil. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to today's show. I can't believe I'm back. It is Monday morning. I have to tell you guys, we went on vacation, we come back. And we do one show, and the same day I did the show, um I went with someone to a doctor's appointment, and about an hour after that, they got a call to check themselves into emergency, so we did that we went and uh Well, just to make a long story short, we did not get out of the hospital until Friday afternoon. And so all of a sudden, I find myself there. And I, I have to tell you, if anyone you know or love is in a hospital, it's not because hospitals are good or bad or anything like that. But it really makes a huge difference when you're not alone there. It just does. I don't care how big or small the hospital is. Um, there's a lot of things that go on in a hospital that if you're just there, even if the person's just talking to you when they need things, they can't keep calling the nurse all day. You know, the nurses are busy, God bless them and the doctors and, and everybody. But um we got out. They lived to tell about it, thank God. But it was a life threatening It was a decision that had to be made by the person who chose to be here and to take on treatment, and I thank all of you for the patience. I thank myself for the patience because I was so missing the show, and I know that sounds really weird, but I feel like I get to talk to everybody all the time, and, and, and I love our topics, and I love how much we're all growing, and yet... All of it was in action, and it was like I was doing it live time at this hospital, and it just was, it was a week. Um, It took me until yesterday to feel normal again because I don't think I've been home for the month except for that one day. I mean, I got home, and we had three or four days to kind of put things together and be normal. I did one show, and then I was gone again. So I got back home on Friday again and here I am. So, wow, what a whirlwind. I, I, I technically haven't been really home for a month and and now I am and, and this week I have jury duty out of all the things and um but I didn't have to go in today and it doesn't affect the show because I do the show so early in the morning. But anyway, that's an update. All is well. Um it's so weird in the hospital because I didn't even post. I was so tired and my time was so off. But at the same time, it was a very good and beautiful thing to see people working together, helping each other. Um, you know, God bless our, the people who work in our health care. Ah, so here we are. Speaking of how do we know where, where we belong and where we don't belong, I knew where I belonged. And sometimes it it forces us to make decisions that affect other decisions. But there's something inside of us that always knows where we belong. Even though we may not be there, we know. And there was a day, now I want to say a month ago at least, when I posted, if we try to belong where we do not belong, we struggle. And from that, all the responses I got, even up to the point of people who work in the mental health field, people who are life coaches and healers, it seems to be that we just don't know the difference. And what is that difference? And how do we reel ourselves in? And in the moment, rather than months or years later, How does that thinking affect the biggest decisions in our lives? And how do the smaller decisions we make every day, how does that affect the bigger decisions we make and how we see things in the moment? Well, how do I relate last week to this? I guess I wasn't supposed to do this show until I, I saw this, but I never ever thought I would hear a doctor tells a patient that they have under two weeks to live. And I thank God that the person I was with did not have to hear that alone and how weird it was to hear. And my entire body it was like somebody pulled a string, and I was like a boneless chicken. I just stood there, and I couldn't believe that I was hearing that, but I obviously was, and in, in how the person who had to receive that news had to hear it. Unless they did certain things. And normally those things, if you were healthy and fine, you would say things like, oh, No way. But when you have a decision to make, you consider it. So how do you know where you belong? Does it have to be that drastic? But that's what I saw. In those moments, I know know exactly what to do. I knew my role. I knew all I can do is help and love. Because somebody else's life, their decisions are not in my hands, even though my first decision was, that's what we're doing. Which is what they agreed to do as well. However, prior to that, I did not know. And how much respect and love and thankfulness and gratefulness that I have that I knew what I knew while I was standing there because even when you see the whole picture and you know and feel good about how you feel about God, it's not that it's not scary and all of that. It's just very emotional. So when you start making decisions, when someone says something like that to you, you couldn't be more clear. There isn't any gray area. You can't, Well, maybe, well, this, well, that. So I left there thinking, wow, what if we made all of our decisions that clearly did what we really needed, wanted to do, no matter what it took? No matter what it took. And what would be examples of that? So let's say you love something, and you've always wanted to do it, and you felt that everyone else, for some reason, everyone else, I love that feeling of everyone else does it, but I don't, I can't, not me, I'm not smart enough, I'm not this, I'm not that. Instead of the arm length long of reasons why we can't do something that we want, Stop that page, as easy as that is to say. But remind yourself that, do I want to leave my life without having experienced that? There's something about instinct and gut feelings about where you belong and where you don't. This isn't just about a wish list or a vision board or, you know, I see that still. I still see the vision board, And I love all of that because while you're doing it, you're thinking about what you're doing and it helps you develop your ideas. But what about that instinct? Let's say you meet someone and you get a feeling like something's wrong, but you're not sure what it is and it's fun today, so you jump in. And then you get in, and that feeling comes back a month later, two months later, six months later, and it never really went away completely, but now it's coming back to the forefront. And you're like, something is wrong, but I can handle what's wrong. I can deal with that. I really want to be here. It's different than knowing you belong there. Wanting to be somewhere and trying Trying, operative word, to make it work, whatever it is, a job you shouldn't have taken. Meaning, you know you were overqualified, but you didn't have the confidence to be where you belonged. And you keep looking up saying, wow, they're doing something I know how to do. And we get mad at the people who are there instead of at ourselves for not allowing ourselves that bump in our hearts, in our minds, in our lives. Or you date someone. Well, that gives you someone. And I know people, I can't say from men because I never heard it from men, but I knew from women that after I got divorced, when I would date, someone would say, oh, now you have your man. And I'm like, wow, I never thought of it that way, like I have a man. I just thought of it different. And then I thought, well, wow, why do I want a man? Just hearing that startled me. And there were places I felt like I belonged, even though they weren't forever places ultimately, and I didn't know that at the time. But I felt like I belonged, and there were places I tried to put a square peg in a round hole. And I knew it. I knew I was doing that. I wasn't comfortable. I wanted to be comfortable. I was trying to find a way to be comfortable. I kept thinking time would give me comfortable. But that wasn't my place. It's not where I belonged. I remember a job. Actually, the last two jobs I had were different people because there were spans of time between them. And I loved my job. I loved like my little world of getting ready to go to work and going to work and seeing my clients who are now friends, seeing my coworkers who are now friends and have been to my house for dinner. And, you know, we built a world around our jobs and I loved it. I couldn't imagine my life without it. But my clients would say to me, what are you doing here? And I honestly, The first job, I I hadn't even seen Christ yet. I had no idea what they were, why they were saying, not what they were saying. I knew what they were saying, why they were saying it. Because it made me feel like I didn't belong in the job I was in. And it turns out that was true. I didn't belong there forever. I'd been there for like four years and people were saying it to me. My last job, my my customers that would come in, that I would be helping, that depended on me for me to put certain things together for them, and they would tell me to get out of there and go do what I really needed to do. Not what even I wanted to do. And I knew that. The minute I heard it, I'm like, oh, here I go Again. Because I knew there was something bigger. And behind that something bigger, I I just didn't know how to get it there. And so I didn't know what to pray for, what to ask for. And I started to ask for, God give me away. I think maybe, you know, there's so many factors. I may not be smart enough. I may not see the bigger picture. I may not know how to get there. Can I afford to get there? How What will I do to, with my family, with myself? And I had to be, and know it sounds weird to say this, but I had to be so honest that I had to actually know what to ask for in my prayer. Because what we ask for in our prayers, and this taught me a lot about prayers, so you know when where you need to belong and where you don't when you start talking to God, and you start praying. And I say that in such a non-religious context because... Before I heard all of the religious lingo and all of the baggage that came with it in different religions, I'm not talking about one religion, I'm talking about when I talk to people and being Muslim where you know the, everything is done a certain way or it's not done at all, I had this. I had to try to be as objective as I can without thinking, God, I need to extract something for you from you to feel good. I just had to boil down to what did I really need? So one night I was going to sleep and I knew I belonged to this work. How I was going to do it I didn't know. And I realized that it's not that money had a lot to do with it, but I had to live to be able to do it. And not live. I was living, but I had to have a place to live. And if I keep working the way I was working, and the more I worked, the more hours they gave me, because when I was there, I sold a lot. So, of course, as a company, they're going to not let you get off the floor. And I thought, gosh, all you need left is to put a, a cot in the back, and I'll just live here. But... Obviously, I had a different job to do. So I'm ready to go to bed one night, and I thought to myself, okay, God, this is, this is what I need. And I'm willing to accept either thing. Because I finally really knew, without a doubt, without a distraction, which is really what was in my way, is Every day, my going to work, my doing this, my doing that was a distraction. And in that time I was working, I was still waking up and doing the show, working and twice I thought I had the flu and needed three days off of work and truly I was just dehydrated because I was just burning the candle at both ends. So I'm going to sleep and I say, you know, God, There's two ways I can do the work that I know I need to do. One of those two ways is either I have no money at all, nothing, and I can do this. Because then that doesn't get in the way. It's hard to talk about Christ and ask for money because that's kind of what's going on at this time in our history. And I won't have to worry about it. And the worrying about it is like driving me crazy because I I don't know if it's just living in Southern California, but I did check Chicago and I was going to move back. And so I had a plan in my head that, you know, I can go and live with one of my sisters. My kids are grown and I can do this work. My Second choice was I either have so much that it doesn't matter because then I could do the work like I had no money because then I don't have to be worried about it. And all I wanted was the burden of worrying to come off my shoulders because I couldn't do both. You know, there was um in uh Sweet Home, Alabama, in the movie with Reese Witherspoon and um, Patrick Dempsey. And there was a third guy, and he was the lead, and, and he was really cool, and I can't remember his name now. But either way, the three of them were in this movie. And she was tied up between the two of them. When she was getting married to, I think, Patrick Dempsey, her husband, she had to go back to Alabama to get a divorce from and they really realized that maybe they should not have gotten divorced. They didn't have children or anything. But, you know, she's at the altar. And the, I guess the recorder of the city they were, she was in comes in and says, hey, wait, you can't get married. Your divorce degree wasn't signed. And she's like, wow, he didn't sign it. You know, the same old usual stuff, only to find out she didn't sign it. And then she took pause. Because she already knew. And I know it's a movie, but it was acted out really well. She already knew. So then she stood there and she hesitated because now that was like confirmation, which is what we all look for, confirmation. She already knew she wanted to be back with him. She already knew she was confused after going back there. But she was still going to go ahead with the wedding because it was already planned. And then her father, she goes to her dad and says, what should I do? And I'm going to have to swear to say this, but I'm quoting the line. "Is He told her, an ass can only ride one horse at a time. And I never, ever forgot that line. I have used that even in this past week because I was trying to be everywhere. You just have to make decisions and make the decisions that you know are right no matter what the consequences. Just like my asking God, either take it all away so I don't deal with it or give me so much so I don't deal with it. I just don't want to deal with it. Because anywhere in the middle, I have to give away the time that I need to do this work to doing something that doesn't serve as many people, and my goal is to help as many people as I can, be objective and loving towards their own lives. The way Christ has taken the things I have been looking for all of my life. And given me a way to understand that during my lifetime, I'm the only one who could do those things. I used to look to others. Maybe this person will help. Maybe my mom will help. Maybe my dad. Do they approve? Don't they approve? Who cares? Who doesn't? Which one of my brothers and sisters? I had to accept one step at a time. That it all goes back to me. I have to be the one to decide. I have to be the one to start and stop the things that belong in my life. Because we have to belong to something. Nobody's here just floating on air. We all belong somewhere. We're all doing something, and we know when we don't belong somewhere, that's a great place to start. What? been nagging you for a long time that you know you've outgrown that you know you don't feel that feeling of growing it putting energy into it in fact you you were probably running away from it I had a man tell me once I knew when I was playing golf every weekend that I no longer wanted to spend time at home with my I guess it was a living girlfriend at the time. And he said the the weird part was I didn't not love her. I didn't not care about her. I did. But I felt like we were both running away from each other after a few years of being together. Thank God we didn't get married because then things get really complicated, right? And the hardest thing when nothing is outwardly wrong, nothing's actually wrong, the person isn't bad all of a sudden. It isn't like all these arguments that accumulated. And a lot of times couples go through this and they regenerate. They just needed space for a short time and they make it through that time and they stay, but these two didn't. And so they actually, while they were living together, were living or got to the point of living separate lives. So that was their answer. The hard part was admitting that that was their answer. But because they came to it with heart and spoke to each other about it, both acknowledged that it happened. They did. I wanna say release each other from the burden of guilt, which was a gift. The fact that they could do that was a testament to how well they can communicate. And now they're friends. And since then, I think for the over the last 10 years, he did find somebody else and her career did blossom. and they're fine. They're friends. And They're in the entertainment industry. That's like a hard industry to survive in as is. So they're already should have patted themselves on the back for being able to be that honest, that forthcoming, that loving. Because loving isn't just being good and making things work, we really understand how loving we are on the way out of anything, whether it's a job. Instead of saying, take this job and shove it, we're like, wow, I have this new opportunity and I want to explore it. The time that I spent here is invaluable, is different than take this job and shove it, which is kind of through media and through um, different avenues. We're kind of taught to think like that like every job is bad, and it's not. So it's kind of interesting to know where you belong. The biggest thing is standing up for yourself, to yourself, because nobody else is going to be affected by your decisions the way you are. Because whatever you can accept, the people around you can accept. The minute you start hesitating and you don't own your vulnerabilities, and I say this one all the time, and I will Say it forever, when you don't own your own vulnerabilities, everybody else can. Because what you don't face, other people will direct you with. And where they direct you may not be where you belong. Because what other people need from you is not really as much as you think. What we need from each other is to be ourselves. Because that makes life so much more interesting for all of us. Knowing your intention. What is my intention? That prayer I had, I knew what my intention was. My intention was to do this work. I felt with the resources I had and the way I was doing it, that I either didn't have the intellect or the finances or the wherewithal to go any further than I went. I just didn't, couldn't see it. But I could see me doing the work, so I knew I had to get there, but I didn't know how. And I knew that the money, that dealing with, The monthly stuff took all of my energy to the point of tears, to the point of asking people for help, to the point of, oh, my God, what am I going to do tomorrow or even today because I couldn't even get myself to ask. And I, I, I have to ask at the last minute because it just ate away at me. And thank God for those people who could be there, who were there, who would be there. Because if it weren't for them, I would have crumbled a long time ago. But I knew it it was an all or nothing scenario. But I knew what my intentions were. I knew in the deepest part of my heart what my intentions were. And there's a lot of things to tempt us away from who we are and seduce us away from who we are. Be this, be that, buy this, buy that, go here, do that, brag, let your ego run the show. But your heart will fight your ego and win every single time. If you follow what's in your heart, it will win. Every single time. So today, just ask yourself, to a spot check, hey, how am I doing? Am I happy? Do I feel like I'm doing what I really, really want to do today in my life? Don't worry about tomorrow yet. Ask yourself today. Do I feel like I belong in my own life? See what happens. And I will see you tomorrow. Yay, I'll see you tomorrow. It just sounds so good to say. I hope you guys have a great, happy Monday and a great start to this week. Bye-bye. You have been listening to today's Daily Dose of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show. To learn more, visit www.nadiakhalil.com.